Welcome to the Rear Window, the podcast where we talk about Nur Ein, the music contest. I'm Mike, and Ben has been fired. We were previously the new ugly. Now we're the rear window. I thought you were locked out. I was. I guess I'll let you stick around for a little bit. Yay, yay. For those who don't know, quick recap of what the contest is. Nurine is a music writing, recording, and producing contest where you have eight weeks. Different bands get cut each week. Each week you get a title, a challenge, and you have to submit an MP3. And then some judges who are not paid do a job worthy of not being paid. And uh, <laughs> accurate. <laughs> and, and then people get cut. So Ben is a judge this year, hence my uh, acrimonious attitude toward him. Since I was competing, instead of trying to kill myself like last year, and especially because of this pandemic, I took off the podcast, but I'm back now. I think that's why everybody voted me off. I'm just going to tell myself that. I had that strategy. I really thought about it at round zero when you said you were going to do it. I was like, but I don't want to edit. So I failed Mike out real early. Yeah. I mean, I might have done it had I not committed to editing. So this year is Narine 15. 15 years, everybody. Woo! Good job. Good job. Nobody right. has killed each other yet. I think. And a lot of the original people are still around. So this is pretty good. Ben is one of the judges, of course. And we had 40 some entries the first round. I think it was 43, but two of them were shadows. One was late and one was one of our other judges who's just randomly submitting songs. Round Zero was awful. It was the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, I mean, it is traditional to just put in a crap song so that you get in in Round Zero. Round Zero is the call to arms. You're supposed to just show up. Yes, but with the caveat that only the top 25 people continue from Round Zero to Round One. And every other year before this, we've never had to cut anybody. And this year, we just cut, what, 16 people, I think is that number? So we like almost half the competition, just round zero on your crappy song entry. Yeah, round zero was brutal. Trying to listen to 41 songs and make good judgments on them was impossible. It was impossible. It was the roughest thing I've ever had to do. I might have considered doing reviews and maybe the podcast for round zero, but with 40, that's just way too much. You know, being a contestant and doing all that listening, it's not so much the time commitment as it is the fact that then you get other people's songs stuck in your head if you do a thoughtful review, and then you can't think of your own songs, and then you just sort of have song incest across the rounds. It's kind of weird, I've noticed. Songcest. Yeah, songcest. That's that's, <laughs> that's what happens when song fight turns into song love turns into too much song love. So we've got a lot of the old favorites like Nick Soma, Frankie Big Face, Max Bombast, Micah Sommersmith, Cave Dwellers, Mandibles. But we've also got a lot of new bands and also some people that, Ben, I don't think you've seen since we started the podcast. John Eric. Hasn't been around for a while. He's back. Who are some of the newer people we've got here? Yeah, Glowworm, John Eric, Jules, Island, I think is how you pronounce that. She made it for a couple. Jules made it for a couple. Uh, Lois Bitter, Micah, Summersmith. I don't know if that's an oldie or not. I Dude, think that's he, his first Micah's time. been around every every eh, year I don't, almost. I don't remember. My memory is crap, so don't count it for nothing. You can't remember the only person who plays the accordion. No. Is that Caravan Ray? I, I don't know why we picked a fruit fly for a judge. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah. It keeps things fresh. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, I haven't heard a song with an accordion before. <laughs> this is novel. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's one of the features of Nurine is novelty will often get you uh, through later rounds. Oh, and Seamansky was also a new one who I think is still in. So how about you just give us a brief, why did you notice that you liked the first few rounds? What didn't you like? And then we'll talk about this current round, round three, which is actually the fourth round. I don't even have a memory of round zero. One of the things we did, because we had so many entries, and the, the other thing to know is that no one knew we would have 41 official entrants until the day the judges had to start judging. So we didn't mix up the scoring mechanism. I've had thoughts on since. And I feel like we should have done it differently. What do you mean? So typically, we just sort of cut the bottom like three, four, five people per round. But in round zero, because we had to chop 16, because that's how we do it, that felt it still feels really unfair to me. And I mean, it's just we did the best we could. But I think with a larger number of contestants, we could have done more of like a tournament bracket style thing for the first few rounds to not trim down so many people potentially, or at least give people a chance like round zero is your placement round. And then round one, we start chopping like half and half and half and then go back to our normal. The reason I bring that up is because we this year are doing a new thing where we are bringing people back. If you get cut and then somebody drops out, you have the chance to come back in. And I think we only did that for three people uh, so far. So what you're saying is if I theoretically were cut, I should make a song for next round and also go break somebody's arm? Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, Rain's skateboarding accident was probably, I believe, inflatable vegetables came back from that. So I'm sure it was iVeggie's fault that Rain had a skateboard accident. It's just, it's just rumor. Definitely not fact. But also one of our shadow re-entry people still in. Are, are there any songs that you particularly liked from round zero, round one, round two? Round zero was This Is Fine is the title, and the challenge was Include a Contradiction. If I'm looking back, I apparently loved uh, Eighth Grade Team. I also loved... A John Eric's song. Cry before clocking and this is fine. I remember in round zero, so round zero we had an entrant called The Kraken Lives that had, I think, like a 12-year-old boy doing a metal screamo part. Not, not probably not the only metalhead in all of Narine, but I feel like there's very little appreciation for metal in Narine. Like you don't remember the two judges last year who loved metal, but let's move on. That's it. That's like all I remember from round zero. That was it. It was a long round. Who won round zero? Glowworm and Rain were tied, and I think Glowworm technically won it by whatever random, but like, it doesn't matter because, again, no, no immunity in round zero. I think I may have been here before. The other thing I remember from Zero is there was a lot of stink about what a contradiction is and is not, and what qualifies as a contradiction in a song. And I remember being really nitpicky because we had to cut 16 people. My first lyrics in that song were, right is left, left is right. Boom. Nail it. It worked out well for round zero. Yeah, and then round one, uh, title was The Handbook, and you had to give step-by-step -step instructions. Glowworm won that round. Then you'll make the best. Love that song. Uh, I apparently like Jules' song that round. Me, 
I think it's also the round you said you called me out and picked what number I was. The judging is anonymous, but we know how Judge 1 voted and how Judge 2 voted. It's pretty obvious to me. That's right. Mandibles being high-ranked is usually a pretty good dead giveaway. That's me. New contestant, but newly new name, Nuke Skyblaster reporting for duty, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. That one round, uh, because they essentially made Paul Rudd sex jokes the entire time, but they were clever. Details are explained. Like butt joints, lap joints, butt joints, lap joints. So you want the tongs to be able to move in the groove. Like butt joints. So you want the tongs to be able to move. That's our good friend, Caravan Ray. Yeah, that, but that was novelty. Novelty won the day there, for sure. All right, and then round two was Chupacabra. You had to use exactly two instruments. This is where I started getting annoyed. This challenge, I think, caused the most controversy. This is when I knew the judges had it out for us and wanted to make us as miserable as possible. It was this round. And we actually didn't, to be fair. I remember we had we talked about that challenge, the two instruments challenge, for a long time because we knew people were going to be pedantic and exacting on what we meant. And our general consensus was... We're saying it's two instruments, exactly two. Don't be a dickhead and be super pedantic and say, well, I only used one instrument, but that one instrument was a synth that had like 500 different sounds I could make and I used all of them. We knew those people were going to exist and we were like, just you'll find out if if you break the rules. It was entirely clear to me with the examples y'all posted. And I thought it was going to be a lot of rounds of people finding creative ways to play their instrument as in like make the guitar be the percussion or like take a kitchen table and just bang against it in five different ways or whatever. Like I was, I wanted outside the box thinking on how to physically use an instrument and we got a lot of guitar and drum songs instead, which I mean, it's fine. The example songs that were posted are not that, Ben. The other judges probably would have skewered us. I think I'm always in the minority when it comes to the, the judging once but again i'm a basic bitch who likes novelty moss palace won that round you know the thing about this round that really annoyed me is everybody tried to take the title and turn it into something else as if a chupacabra is interchangeable with a werewolf or something If you're going to write a song about Chupacabra, you have to mention goats. You have to really sell the Chupacabra aspect. Otherwise, you're just writing a song about a werewolf or some other creature and putting in Chupacabra because you had to use that. There are a lot of I'm a monster, fear me songs, the sympathetic perspective monster songs. And there are a decent number of look at the poor misunderstood creature or I'm in love with the creature. Like I remember those two themes being really present in most of the. The way I approached it is if I were a real person, which I am writing a real song about a chupacabra, (laughs) I would write about a chupacabra. I wouldn't write about a werewolf and say it's a chupacabra. I wouldn't try to twist the title into something else because I don't have the background to have that sort of connection with Chupacabra to actually think, oh, a Chupacabra represents my emotions or Chupacabra represents this. I don't know Chupacabras that well. None of these people do, I dare say. And the fact that they're writing about a Chupacabra just seemed very insincere to me. If you as a person are going to write about a Chupacabra, write about a Chupacabra. But I'm in the minority. The judges didn't like the fact that I wrote about a chupacabra, surprisingly. I feel like you placed fairly high. I don't remember. They said, oh, these these lyrics are simplistic. 
yeah, I could have written about string theory and said it was a chupacabra like everybody else, but I wanted to actually take the title seriously. Well, you could have sang in Spanish and then had the Spanish show up because I that we had three songs in Spanish. I've got mixed feelings about that, too. The only Spanish I feel comfortable critiquing was Inflatable Veggies because his lyrics were literally, I have bad high school Spanish, and then he sang some Spanish. And I was like, all right, cool. I know exactly where you're staying. Thank you. I like that. That was funny. Everyone else has, I can't tell if I'm biased or if this is really bad, and I don't know what your relationship to this language is, so I can't say anything about it. That's what I remember being, and that's on me. That's fine. I essentially ignored it and said, whatever, it is what it is. But I remember having that thought. I probably shouldn't have vocalized it just now, but I had that thought. There were good Spanish ones, I will say. I really, really liked Frank's song that round. I don't know. You know, using Spanish just seemed a little insincere as well. I don't know. You know, judging is different from year to year. You never know what you're going to get. It is what it is. It's a game, folks. We don't win anything. It's made infinitely better by me, the random wild card who doesn't write and produce songs and is just purely a critic who is basic and loves some poppy-ass shit. Yeah, I significantly <laughs> regret. You should. This is your fault. It is entirely my fault. But that was rounds zero, one, and 2, which brings us to round 3, which had 16 official contestants make it through this far. One Moss Palace, like we said, won round two, so she had immunity, so we had 15 songs to rank and judge. We knocked out the bottom four. So with that, I guess we should maybe talk about the round and actually go through it, now that we're all caught up. Yeah, I think the only other thing to mention is that uh, Max Bombast has been posting videos of him making the songs, which has been pretty cool. Uh, maybe losing last year so tragically kind of snapped something. It's fun. I'm sure it's also quarantine we all have a lot of time on our hands so because he does i mean he's definitely editing a lot there and i appreciate that he takes time to do that so let's start the round off with uh balance lost this land was our land we rose the history books though there may be some pages missing we came we saw we took i built my castle all right so that one has a pretty epic intro i really like that i like the uh, synth stuff and and sort of new genres that balance lost is exploring this year in terms of what happens after that the lyrics felt a little awkwardly delivered with with some a little off timing as always i love the electro drum stuff that he does and the jangly guitar i'm just a sucker for that it's funny to me the very first intro bit reminds me of a k jewelers commercial which i think is just funny <laughs> it's just a thing no big deal <laughs> um does k jewelers exist overseas i have no idea okay <laughs> i don't i don't know but that's just, it just sounded like that to me uh that the thing that, that really stuck me on this, he uses a slur in the first minute of that song. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I did notice that. I did It did strike me, um, you know, coming from a country where that's not, I don't know, maybe he gets a little bit of slack. Yeah, I tried to ignore it because I wasn't sure whether he was foreign. Maybe he's 
you know, Mexican himself, and it's totally like he can use whatever words he wants. Can you not like you cannot hear? I mean, I I hear the the not from this side of the of the Atlantic. Oh yeah, I do hear that. But you know, I don't I don't know. I try not to judge, but especially like you know, right now in this moment, that really that was rough. I have had two or three song ideas completely shut down because quote not in this moment. That's something that's been going on this Narine. The whole point of this round, uh, A, it's the guest round, uh, and then B, the I don't know if we explicitly said it or not, but the idea was that every guest represents a different perspective. So basically, we have three different voices here in this song. We have three different perspectives, and I think our lead singer, Balance Lost, is representing the uh, hateful, not my country person. And then I don't know who the two guests are, but the first guest is the female vocalist who represents the immigrant who wants to come over. And then I think the third person's like a narrator or something. I wasn't really sure uh, on the message. I just had a hard time with the lyrics and I had a hard time understanding what they are. And I, and I, I mean, I got distracted by my own white guilt and that slur. It did feel delivered a little unnaturally, which if you're going to pull it off, kind of need to be a little more natural, I think. It was a bold choice. It was bold. Uh. Bold and brave. I mean... Balance Lost did that awesome Rage Against the Machine-like song. What was that, round zero or one? I think round one, because I really liked it. Anyway, next in alphabetical order is Berkeley Social Scene. The guest challenge here feels a little bit like it's kind of like a checkbox. I think the guest just shows up for the bridge and that's it. Um, so not like a ton of integration with the song and not like necessarily central. Also, I wasn't sure what the whole song was about. I think it's a do like Peeping Tom staring into a window. Otherwise, I don't I don't have a lot to say about this song either. I mean, it's, it's pretty good. It's a good Berkeley. The first thing I noticed is that the drums are a little bit overpowering in the mix. Not the worst thing in the world. But they're also trying to spice up a ver- and, and syncopate a very straight-laced 4-4 song. I don't know Geech personally, but he, I, I assume he wrote this song. I think he's singing on this song. You know, Berkeley Social Scene has a lot of, a lot of people that work on their songs. He tends to do that more straight-laced stuff. It's not r- usually my cup of tea. And then so trying to make up for it with the syncopated drums not really working for me there are some really great parts to this song they just come really later and so by that time you're kind of over the song i think if the song had a faster tempo and a better mix and maybe like a little bit more verse melody it would pay dividends yeah i can see that i disagree with your drum comment because i think it's my favorite part of the whole song but the rest of it being just to be clear i like the drums. It's just they're trying to make up for what is lacking. Yeah, I can see that. I agree. You don't want the drums to be the only thing trying to make up for what's lacking. Unless you're playing a 19-minute song with a 16-minute drum solo. Next up is Cave Dwellers. Where my mistakes go There's a trail of broken hearts 16 I grab my keys 17 I I really like this one by Cave Dwellers. There are a few lines that make me cringe. 
wantable wife, one of them. <laughs> oh, I totally missed that. Like, wow, that's uh, the the verse comes in a little a little monotonous, um, but the poppy chorus makes it worth it to me. I'm a sucker for poppy choruses. You know, mix and production wise, I think things have way too many effects on them. And also, I'd like to hear the guitars a little bit more in the in the upper crunchy range. Uh, right now, they're kind of fighting with the bass in a more bass range of frequencies. What are your thoughts, Ben? Um, I actually just heard that lyric. I think it's want uh, in want of a wife and not a wantable wife. Nope. It's whatever I think it is. All right. That sounds good. I also... It's the now that we're on the third song. I forgot. Uh, Al pointed out that everyone pronounces window as window, and I can't not hear it anymore. Yeah, it's pretty awkward. So I think this song had a potentially interesting take on challenge. If I heard the lyrics right, which is that it it essentially is just one perspective, and the lead singer is aging, so we they like get older. And I think it's instead of multiple perspectives where each person offers a different perspective. It's multiple perspectives over the course of a lifetime. But then we get to the bridge and there's this like weird, I'm not really sure what it's supposed to be. I, I think it's the singer gets into like a car crash and then like an angel comes down and offers some guidance or something like that. Like I, I, so I missed it. Um, Sometimes you just need some lyrics. Wantable wife, sure. To be fair, I also don't read lyrics. Uh, if I don't understand you when you sing it, then it doesn't count. It doesn't count. That's what I, and there's a lot of car metaphors throughout this whole thing. That's what I really remember. <laughs> there just are. It's all about cars and driving. And I think it, I think it could have been interesting. I'm not really sure why it doesn't grab me as much as I think it wants to. I think a lot of it just has to do with the mix. You know, sometimes that final coat of sheen is what does it, and you just don't know. All right, Frankie, big face. Maybe just a shadow. Made by the curtain In my rear window You grow smaller and smaller You melt into Every time this song comes on, it's hard for me to get into it. And I can't help but feel that the lyrics are really self-indulgent, especially at the beginning. And I'm sorry, Frankie, I don't mean to piss you off. But it just feels like you're really trying to be poetic in the beginning. I love the chorus, though. Like, the chorus works for me. And when the guest comes in, oh, I love this guest voice. You should have this guest on for every single song. Absolutely love her. But once the chorus gets in, I'm, I'm in. Like, I, I'm hooked in, and I feel fine. I don't know if that's a, a, there's anything to change about that. I just have a really hard time with that first verse. But everything after that, you know, I'm good with it. I'm, I'm pretty fine with it. Yeah, the song's really, really slow to start. Also, the choice for percussion, I'm just a little baffled by. I like that he's been trying out new things. Just here, they, the drums feel way too out of place, in my opinion. Especially just frequency-wise, they're they're in the upper frequencies, right? Right, right. I mean, so, they're all so, like hats and cymbal hits. Yeah, in. so they're fighting with the vocals and distracting from the vocals. I think the vocals are supposed to be the center point of the song. Either the percussion needs to be different or it needs to be set back in the mix. I mean, I think I would have added one. I forget, like the brush on a on a drum, I think would have done it for me. Like, I don't I don't really want to change the percussion itself. Like, I see what you mean and I agree, but I also don't want to change it a ton because I, I think it works. It just needs to come off a little bit. It's electronic percussion. It's over a piano song. And I think if you do that, you kind of need a synth pad in the background 
but but also the other stuff I was talking about. I liked the concept. It was just, uh, you know, like I said. Move it on then. Glowworm. Glowworm. Aren't you tired of breaking me? A goddamn, goddamn, don't turn around. Be window shopping, nothing to see. And I feel like I am just too close to love you. Womp, 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 womp. <laughs> There's I nothing song, I can even say. Am I right? I mean, yeah, but I I love that song. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's why I know it, Alex Clare. <laughs> you know, Glowworm is like a professional musician accidentally found our little contest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that feels fair. I do have some critiques about this. The singing is really great. The vocal singer is a little, little weaker than the primary singer, but you know, that's fine. But the, that synth is just, it's not bringing home the bacon. It doesn't have enough oomph to it. It doesn't have enough distortion, enough right. rage. It's not enough womp womps. Especially for the lyrics, God damn. I need a lot more oomph for God damn. Not that it's not a great song. No, it's a great song. But I, I would have loved more of the dubstep womp womps in the and some basses in there. Especially in that chorus. Not sure I agree with the... Uh, strength comparison of our two singers. I love this guest vocalist. Sucker for the sound. Love that voice. But yeah, I think that's a fair assumption that Glowworm is a professional. He's here. He's here showing up, just like rocking everything in a week. Uh, it's Alex Clare. He's like, what am I going to do? I'm stuck at home with this pandemic. He just doesn't have his producer with him to throw on the final reverb and tweak the EQs. He doesn't have his special bass synth. It's too big. I, I think it's a great great song yeah so okay up next is me you (laughs) so let's get this over with (laughs) i am eating crow pie because i was cut but i love this song i think every time i say something about this mike gets mad at me so i'm gonna try nope I also love this song. I, I do. I, I love this song. I love the fact that it's basically a piano and two very strong vocalists singing some... I, I love these. I love the... I, I just love it. I love everything except for two spots. And this is the part that you're not, you don't like. And I think both of them are artistic because it's both you and Max that I don't like on the parts where you are intentionally screaming slash breaking when you go on those high notes. And I think if you would had like another like two or three days to like practice it and hit it a little better, it would totally work. It just sounds like you both kind of took a single pass at those. And because they're such a bold choice, you really got to like really hit them. This is what happened. I had scratch vocals that I was okay with until I got back Max Bombast vocals, which just had so much energy, so much intensity. And um, I looked at my song and I said, I can either redo my vocals in four hours here (laughs) (laughs) or i can try to do other stuff and i opted to redo the vocals i think with a little more polishing up i could have gotten it where it needed to be but you know given the way the visceral reaction i got ranked i don't think i could have passed this round whether i worked 100 more hours on this or 10 more hours on this 
the other sort of like problem with the song is that you're two good singers recording it sounds like you're recording very separately and, and like it's not like a not like a choir sound where you're all trying to blend together it's two very distinct voices trying to be distinct and i don't i don't know it's just like a little bit off this feels like a song that a live performance would crush it out of the park. But in a recording studio, you have to be together, do it together. If I had gotten the levels a little bit better, if I had gotten you know, some reverb on there, I think your complaints would have gone away. Had you ranked me one, two higher, I still would have been kicked. What it comes down to is one judge ranked me second last and two ranked me dead last. It just seems like they're not into this type of song. So I made a bold choice and I got out for it. And I'm okay with that because Max thought it was a cool song. And ultimately, I think he's got good taste in music. Next one is uh, John Eric. So I didn't expect this coming with the acoustic intro. I thought it would be kind of boring. John Eric did a great job singing, and his guest singer did a much better job singing. My only complaint is I wish she'd come in a bit sooner in the song. She has a little bit of, like, the southern country twang. Absolutely adore it. It is so good. Honestly, if... I'm sorry, John. You do do a nice job, but if you just had her and this guitar... (laughs) For the rest of the, the competition, I would love it. You're a good singer, too. I have ranked you very high, but... Oh God, and she just... In my headphones right now, she just came in. I just love it. I love that sound. Oh. Yeah. Once she came in, I'm like, ah, shoot. Mm, it feels like I'm listening to, like, the 1950s era country, and they... Oh, I would just... I just love it. I just love it. I can't... I can't get enough... I love old country. All right. Get over it, Ben. Let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. I have nothing to say, except I just gush praise for this guest. Uh, next up, Lois Bitter. So this is a fun, upbeat, techno-pop song. It features Balance Lost, and I think that's a natural fit. They both share a lot of stylistic similarities. The intro starts full on, like there's no build. You know, the drums start off at 11, he starts singing right away. So there's really nowhere for the song to go after the first five seconds to me. So when they cut out, it's nice, but it's like an inverted song. It's not the type of thing I'm usually looking for in a song. So I have to second the balance loss choice. I think it was particularly well inspired because I just love the delivery of his in the bridge. Again, one of those songs that I feel like the challenge is multiple perspectives and we have one perspective most of the time and then the bridge. So we're kind of checkboxing it. I do like the sample bits there's a bunch of like sampled yells in here that help it amp up that that dancey feel yeah but it already starts off at 11 right yeah it's just it's not really going anywhere except at the end like where do you want me to go to 12 my knob doesn't go to 12 it like kind of does at the end i'm so confused by the end because the end we speed up roll like for like 10 seconds and then we end i assume it's like a last minute production ran out of time couldn't finish it type deal that we were gonna have some more at the end of that and that was the piece that was gonna like sell it and bring it home 
I, I, I need that last bit. Because you're right, it starts out and kind of stays the same the whole way through. I need a little build, and it was it looks like it should be there, but it's not. It was fun diversity. Well, the only other note I have is that the chorus could have a little bit more punch to it. I could say that about most of the songs. All right, and let's move on then. Lucky Spoon. But that was just the start, and now we live in constant dispute. And I wish we could reconnect like many years ago. This is another song that has a weird ending that I don't understand. Why do people do this to me every time? I think this song is a great answer to the challenge in that we have, again, two sort of interwoven perspectives. And as far as I can tell, it's two dudes pining after the same person. One is like the college boyfriend type who had love and lost. And the other one is like the the husband who got to marry the girl. And then was sort of interweave in the fact that the husband's kind of a terrible person who doesn't pay any attention and really care. And the college boyfriend's just like, I think he's also supposed to be a terrible person. I'm not entirely sure. But they do some neat things in the bridge. I like the approach to the challenge. I do appreciate it. The thing at the end that confuses me is, did the husband get divorced and now it's just two dudes hanging out singing a song and then they go get a beer together? Like, what? what is the end? What is this? I don't understand it. Ben, the end is ambiguous in your favorite way. No. No, it's not. It's not. It's the most literal ending. Hey, man, nice shirt. Oh, did I totally just miss that? Oh, shit. No, no I feel bad. Oh. Is that? Oh, man. Oh. This is why I don't like being a judge. Because I don't, I don't, oh. Uh, I'll probably get in trouble for pointing that out. Well, I'm going to go hide in a box. My favorite part of this song is is the verse which is good. It starts off with that catchy verse riff, but the problem with a lot of these songs is they put the guest vocalist in the wrong spot, and I think this is one of those places where if Scott had been the first vocalist and did the first verse, it would have had a little bit more impact, because uh, the guest vocalist, he's not too far off, but the delivery is a lot more monotonous, and that's a much catchier melody than he delivers. Now, I also happen to know that this guest vocalist is the drummer, and I think the drumming is awesome. Really good drumming. I enjoy the change-ups and everything here. I also like the rounds that start happening later in the song. If I had to point out what I think goes wrong with this is that the, the verse and the chorus, they theoretically go together, but they don't feel like they go together to me. The verse is the catchy part, and the chorus doesn't feel as catchy. It also uses those harmonies that are a little more classic rock. The verse is like, this is going to be a punk song. And then the chorus is, oh, this is a classic rock song that's maybe flirting with country. I mean, even though those are clearly Green Day chords in the chorus, maybe because he realized that and wanted it to be different from Green Day or, or something. Sorry, I'm still blown away by trying to catch that they're actually gay at the end. I mean, it's ambiguous. I don't think it's ambiguous at all. Um, but now I'm questioning everything. So good job, I guess. Uh, we should move on so I can talk about something else and stop fumbling. All right. Here's your favorite mandibles. Never had that touch of intuition. Never saw what anyone could see. Never been in love without me. That chord structure is really, really cool. I love the intro. It's the repeat of the verse melody that, that kind of gets me right at the beginning. Then it sort of has more of a 90s feel-good vibe to me. 
the instrumentation, like the slide guitar and the and the, the the bass guitar with the bass tone, those are really good. The second vocalist seems to be playing a little loose with the beat, which um, doesn't do the sparse instrumentation any favors. I have to admit something. So every time I heard the Mandible song, when the male vocalist comes in, I could have sworn that the male vocalist was just the the male vocalist member of of Mandibles. Isn't that like Fisher from Fisher and Diaz? I maybe, but I I swear I have heard him on other Mandibles songs before. But again, I have a bad memory, so I. You also thought Caravan Ray was the one with the accordion. See, yeah, I like it's it's fine, but I it is it's still today. I I am like dead certain this person is part of Mandibles and not and not a guest. I do notice though on the female vocalist and the male vocalist are affected differently it sounds like it, it sounds like the male vocalist has a lot of effect applied to him and the female doesn't at all oh no i think it's because he has a different microphone and is recording in a different location like a guest would yeah um <laughs> yeah like a guest might do during a pandemic <laughs> yeah but it's just it, uh, uh like, this is the problem with me getting hung up on voices. This is this is everything. I think otherwise, I don't have anything else to say. I just have to admit, I get stuck trying to... You've had really good commentary the last two songs. This is what you get at 10 o'clock at night. Max Bombast. Let's talk about that party song of Max Bombast with apparently a bunch of old contenders that I have no idea who they are, and you. Interesting story. Uh, Tyler, aka Platt, aka Cow Exchange. I think I got him into Song Fight, but then he became more prolific in Song Fight before me. This is totally random. He made an online text RPG that I used to play all day in high school. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of cool hearing him in this song. This song is perfect for what it is. I really don't know what to say about it other than it's kind of perfect for what it is. It's really fun and catchy. It's executed to the levels I have come to expect. I I like the joke angle. It's smart to dial in your guest vocalist stuff and your story and your lyrics quickly. Very smart. Definitely do that during the guest round. Just get past the guest round. I think if I had any criticism, it'd be that you don't need this much instrumentation for this type of song. And after just watching his video, it's kind of funny because he says, well, Mike's delivering these lyrics with a sort of a drawl, so I'm going to add a banjo. And it was actually, I was going to say, like, you don't need the banjo here. I guess <laughs> I guess it's my fault. So <laughs> in, in his scratch lyrics, he had kind of done that. So I said, eh, why not own it? take it up and not because it's supposed to be a fun party song and if i just deliver it like i'm normally singing that's kind of boring no I, I mean i appreciate that i think i i love the conceit that it's a party song and it's a game of telephone you know you, you start with our host being like hey where's my friend johnny and we end with tom cruise was running naked down the street yeah that's hilarious it's a good story yeah i mean yeah there's a lot of instruments to it but it's it's fun it's rocking it's and it's it has that that summer barbecue feel in it somehow no i think overall really good uh, a lot of cowbell i noticed which was fun even had a newscaster got some buffalo yucks dudes in there good entry max 
Good job. All right, we've got Micah Summersmith. I have generally liked Micah throughout all this thing, but the number one thing that sticks in my mind is Micah should just sing sea shanties the whole time. Just all the all the pirate songs, Micah. Why did we never think of that before? I don't I don't know, but that's all he should do. Uh, and I love it. Yeah, more three four. Do some Irish jig sea shanties. Make me be on a pirate ship, and that novelty will work for me for at least a few more weeks. Yeah, pirate ship accordion man. Heck yeah, I want this. There you go. Get me a CD. Anyway, getting back to his song, what were you saying? This is another one of those where interweaving the two perspectives. And it's kind of an interesting take. The first time I heard this through, I thought it was going to be two people who move from separate places across the country to the same spot. And then end up being like a grow up together, get married, yada, yada, yada. I kind of like that. It's just like passing across the road. The storyteller in me thinks we kind of get to their meeting point like a little too early because it feels like we gloss over it real quick somehow. I also love the fact that there's some country bit here. Like the, our guest vocalist here has another bit of that, that tree twang, just a little bit in the voice. Love it. More country, please. I would love a country sea shanty. Just, just saying. I don't know. What do you think though? What do you got? I was like, okay, you know, this is pretty standard Micah until that chorus and it blew me away. And I'm like, this is an awesome song. Very catchy. I don't have any critiques, but I do want to point out that he was asking like, how do I stop these S sounds? And then in his first 10 words, <laughs> He says like 50 S sounds. The only other critique I have about this song is the guitar solo, which both fits the this of the bridge guitar solo. Uh, it fits, and also it does absolutely nothing for me. I don't know what that says. It just feels like it doesn't really serve a purpose. It should have been an accordion. I think that would have done it. Make it an accordion solo. Do they make accordion guitars? They make guitars. Those are kind of close. All right, we got to move on. All right, Nick Soma. Yeah, so Nick Soma here, another song where I love the guest vocalist. Got a bit of an, like an Avril Lavigne vibe I'm getting. So Nick Soma, I've always am sort of like conflicted on. I generally like Nick Soma songs, but I generally have a hard time, I don't know, it's like a hard time like connecting with Nick. Uh, but this whole like back and forth interplay of these two vocals, like the different vocalists, I think it, it just adds a whole different dynamic and direction for me to take this to approach the song to. And it it just works for me. I think my favorite part about that song is, is the intro. That intro just sets me up for awesome expectations. And then it kind of turns into a standard Nick Soma song, but then it does some other interesting things, like it has a key change after the chorus or something. It, maybe it's not a key change, I don't know. But it does some interesting stuff and it does have that interplay with the second vocalist. So I think it would fit well on a Nick Soma album and possibly be one of the singles from that album. I mean, I do love the speaking of the guitar pits they have this like little slidey guitar bit throughout the whole thing and i i just adore it i don't know why it's just as fun though oh nope that was wrong most obvious flaw i see in this one is that the vocals are very hot in the mix and i really like the guitar tone at the intro but then we have kind of a wimpier guitar tone later throughout the whole song uh, it might just be that it's lower in the mix so who's next C. Mansky. Shimmering bright blue. Wild 
I wrote that uh, this person wears a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt every day. And I am tattooed somewhere on their body. <laughs> but his vocals are more like the Gravity Kills frontman. Gravity Kills was an industrial group from late 90s. I've heard the name. I don't think I've ever heard this And song, I'm guilty. So it's kind of like that singer if he got really sad and had no energy and couldn't get out of bed. Industrial just doesn't work quite as well with this low energy, in my opinion. Trent Reznor screams about his angst. The guy from Gravity Kills, he's also screaming. Everybody's screaming. Or they're like yelling really loud. Or they're at least really intense. I think the guest vocalist here is the contrast to that. Because I think if you had a... I don't think her voice would work as well if you had a more of a, a screaming... That's fine. I've just got opinions. I've just got opinions. So I also note the instrumentation's pretty great. I like the, the stop that happens. I like the FX usage all throughout. It's got like really great attention to detail. The awkwardly delivered lyrics and monotonous voice, at least in the first verse, kind of a turn off. I really like the chorus, but it needs more loudness, more punch, more distortion. I just wrote more exclamation point, exclamation point. You know, this is somebody an inch before finishing a marathon or something. You just have to go another inch, you know? That's how I feel about almost every Mandible song. I just wrote that with the guest vocalist, it seems like How to Destroy Angels. I mean, it actually sounds like Trent Reznor's wife. You know, maybe Trent Reznor, when he's laying in bed with COVID-19, this is what happens. Moving on then to our final official entrant, Third Cat. So this is a third cat song, and I think it's very much a third cat song. I don't. I feel like I don't have a lot of bands in this competition. I can tell, like that's definitely a, a X song. Third cat. I feel like I always can be like, yes, that's the third cat song. I'm not sure that's necessarily good or bad. That's third cat style to me. That's good. This also feels kind of like one of those the challenges in interweaving two perspectives. They kind of are. I think. I think what's happening is the lead vocalist is living their life or whatever. And then the guest is some surveillance state or whatever that's like, oh, I saw you do a bad thing. That was you. And the lead vocal's like, no, that wasn't me. If that's what it's about, I like this song even more. I don't know. I never pay too much attention to the lyrics. <laughs> that's all I do. You know, the thing I like about Third Cat is that he's experimenting and doing all sorts of fun stuff. And that odd, unexpected guitar changeup, that shorter meter really love that there are just so many interesting things he's doing with this song i dare say maybe he was playing a little bit too much with the details and not focusing on the end goal but as somebody who notices the details i really appreciate some of the interesting things he's trying out the backward guitar probably not what would have won you the round but it's a really nice touch i like how i said this to me is very much a third cat song and the first thing you say is i love all the experimentation he's got a distinctive voice but he's also got a way of having a distinctive style without having every song sound the same uh that's probably true i blame my memory then i cannot neither confirm nor deny third cat has a home identity that he always ties in when he's trying stuff you buy a third cat album you get a bunch of songs that have a similar vibe, but they feel like they go together, but they're all incredibly different. Now I have to go compile a third cat album. So that's our 
15 songs plus Moss Palace, who won last week and didn't have to enter. This round, four folks get cut. Berkeley Social Scene, our own Grumpy Mike, Third Cat, and Lucky Spoon all got cut. Womp womp. Sad to see them go enter more shadows because you could theoretically come back. That's what happened in round. Yeah, nobody's going to drop out at this point, Ben. And also, you just don't deserve to hear the awesome song I was working on. I am so sad that you're not going to... So so next round, forget the title, but the challenge is make a Bond theme. And I want Mike's Bond theme so bad, and I'm not going to get it now. And I just feel... Yeah, and it's all your fault. You were supposed to be my ace in the hole, but clearly you've proven your independence. That's right. I am my own terrible tastemaker and not Mike's terrible tastemaker. I look forward to you screwing everybody else. Otherwise, this is not a just world. You mean this is a ner- neurine Oh, yes. It's neurine. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever goes. Okay. Uh, we are already at like an hour and a half, I think. There are technically five shadow entries this week, and we normally play them on the show. Do you want to try to play them and talk about them a little bit, or should we... Um, let, let's just go through really, really, really quick. We've got Brown Word and The Big Wine. This features Jeff Rectum from the, the band Rectum. Kind of feels like a Rectum song. I always like Rectum songs in a weird way. Musically, it's not the most appealing thing. I did laugh when he delivered the line, Judge Judy, though. A lot of the Brownwood songs, I just had a hard time getting into them because I'm very much a mainstream guy. That's just what it is. Yeah, you like Journey. This is easily my most favorite Brown Word song I've heard. The most country thing I've heard this entire round. Really? The vocalist sounds like an exaggerated, not Southern draw, but Mississippi, bluegrass, rednecky. Are you talking about Rectums? Is Rectum the guy at the yeah. end who does the weird yeah. demon thing? No, I don't understand that part at all. <laughs> Those lyrics just made me laugh my ass off. Uh, uh, I, I kind of hate the end, I'll be honest. I, I'm like, I, I understand it. Anyway, I love this Brown Word more of the first half. Uh, next up is Hot Pink Halo, another round zero cut that's been shadowing every time. The only note I have for this one is use that pretty voice on more notes. There's not much melodic variety there. The one thing that sticks out to me about this song is I feel like we add more distortion as we go along. And I'm not really sure we need it. Instead of like building the song, we're distorting the vocals to sort of make things different throughout. That's the like impression I'm getting here. Kind of like it. I prefer the the undistorted vocals. I think that serves better. And this also, I think, only has like two instruments in it: a piano and a tambourine. I think that's all that's in here, which would have been great last week, but not needed this week. Keep those vocals nice and pure. I think I'd love it. All right, like and throat. love the guest singer on this one. It's our other Mandibles singer as the guest. Oh my gosh. You should just always team up. Yes. Every year that I've been around for this competition, Lycan Throat has been in it. And every year he's gotten better and better. And every year my complaint is always, I don't understand what you're saying, Lycan. You need to work on enunciation. I've had zero of that problem this year. Flippin' love Lycan Throat this year. Whatever whatever Lycan Throat's doing this year, I'm all for all right. That said, I also do love Cybronica, I think is her name or her handle. It is different to hear a different vocalist do like a yeah. very like in 30 yeah. notes. No, I like it. I want to hear more. <laughs> I think like in 30, you should do more of Apocalyptica. I don't want you to be them. Just do that one gimmick of have a guest vocalist every time. Like in throats, very, they're very unique. And putting different people through them, I think it's just, it would be really interesting. Nuke Sky Blaster reporting for duty. Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. 
I think Caravan Ray started this one before he got cut last round. I think this is a really cool song. It plays with a lot of interesting dissonance and avant-garde stuff. And I really like it when Caravan Ray does that stuff. Even though it's not the most melodic, it's very interesting. It keeps me engaged. The vocals by Pepper Jane are great. Caravan Ray's vocals could be a little stronger on it to match, but I like it. So this round and round one, both to me have been very much a, not necessarily a, a production heavy song for Nuke Sky Blaster, but a very, I know how to mix things together and take disparate sounds and mix them together and make them sound really cool together. And this round, just like round one, really pays off, I think. And this style of song, I think really works and is definitely Nuke's big strength and should do this more often because I, I love this shadow to be honest yeah because again I love novelty and these just always feel novel to me I just love it I just love it yeah it's great stay weird stay weird uh and then finally we have the serviettes rattling around my flat aimlessly going out my mind Need some retail therapy So what do I buy? Hello Dan. My name is Alexa. I'm your new- I think technically I'm supposed to disqualify this song because the guest is Alexa, but at the same time I love this whole conceit. I mean, A, it's this like sad song, but B, Alexa becomes like possessive and domineering and I think burns the house down at the end of the song. Very much the Black Mirror feel great vocalist it's very minimal i could just love it it's it's great honestly yeah i thought it was a fun song with a little more production it would be a keeper i think it's great as this i'll ask you about it next year and then you'll say what's that but if you say the song where alexa burned down the house i'll remember it i'll be like oh yeah that one you already ranked the songs being a judge. Do you hold your rankings now? Every single round, I felt like within a day or two, I did like half the people dirty and let half the people get through that shouldn't have, which I think is more of an artifact of the fact that we have to do this in like two days of time. And I have been having less and less time, even as we get fewer competitors, I've had less and less time to devote to it. Like, I feel bad you got cut. Again, I want that Bond theme. Other than that, I think I'm okay with my top. I, I Again, I love the Glowworm song. Loved your song. I loved the John Eric song this week. Although, again, I think the vocalist is doing a little bit of the heavy lifting there. I did like the Mike song, again, for the novelty, though. I think same with the Micah. Love the novelty. But in general, I feel pretty comfortable with the way my rankings are laid out. Uh, the only one on the bottom I disagree with is you, and I know you don't believe me, so it's fine. I didn't listen very intensely. I'm just getting back into this podcast thing. So who knows how offensive I just came off. You've been the least offensive I think I've ever heard you. I actually don't know if that's true. Don't quote me on that. Oh my gosh, you thought Caravan Ray had an accordion. Okay, so next week, next week is the Bond theme. Title is Carte Blanche. We'll see what the heck happens. Glowworm has immunity again. It seems like he's going to pull a, an S-cub or a Marison and just have immunity every other week. But then also not submit. That's the part I don't like about immunity. I'm like, I get that you don't have to submit, but I would like it if you did submit. Yeah, you know what? People don't submit if they're immune or they're cut. You need to learn this. Because we had so many people enter, I wish we didn't have immunity this entire competition. I feel like that's not fair. But again, we're, we're already like three rounds and I can't change it now. I like how you're plotting how you're going to change, Narayan. I mean, if we have another 40 or 50 competitors next year, I'm absolutely going to be like, we should change. This is how we should do the scoring. 
next time. Somebody does need to take charge and say this is how it's going to be. You're the type of person who can do that. <laughs> no, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the idea person. I'm not the in-charge person. You are. You're the person who schedules the follow-up meetings. I'm just the organizer. I'm not the runner. Like that is half the battle. Niv, this is not, not me volunteering. Anyway, this has been the new Ugly. We ha- we theoretically have a Twitter handle, but I haven't logged into it in like a year and a half. And Mike, I think you're still off Twitter. Yeah, I don't so, do the internet. Don't worry about it. Anyway, yeah, Neuron 15, round four, carte blanche, bond theme. And until next time, we'll song, song love, love you long time. time. Well, that was nice. <laughs>